What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey guys, welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Uh, this is a great podcast. It's one of my my most recent favorites that we've done. Uh, this particular dog owner just asks all the right questions and we really get into some complexities with just building a better relationship with your dog and understanding the remote collar as well as the fundamentals of just dog training in general. So this was overall a great podcast. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do as well. And thank you to my friends over at Dogcha for supporting this podcast. Dogcha is the company that makes all of my remote collars and it's the e-collar that I trust for all of my training that you guys see in my YouTube channel and we talk about here on the podcast. You can visit Dogtra at dogtra.com as well as use my discount code NBD10, which stands for No Bad Dogs 10, for my listeners to, to receive 10% off your entire order over at Dogtra.com. So if you're thinking about ordering a new remote collar or all the other great products that they have for your dog, you can use 10%, you can use my code NBD10 to receive 10% off your entire order. Here we go with the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thanks for phoning. How are you doing? Good. How about you? Good. Did you want to FaceTime? I think you are FaceTiming me. Okay. So I'm FaceTiming you now. There we go. Okay. Great. Here we are. All right. Cool. Whereabouts uh, are you located? Um, I'm about uh, an hour east of Vancouver in the Cascade Mountain Range. Oh, Canada. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's completely gorgeous here. How's it, go- how's it going up there? Uh, you guys quarantined? You know, we're, we're pretty pretty isolated as it is so it doesn't oh, okay feel that, doesn't feel that different to us how about how about you yeah yeah uh yeah we're isolated for sure um i'm just working from home uh all day instead of half the day now so yeah so it's not that different i but i guess uh yeah i know for a lot of people it, it's ex- it obviously extremely hard but yeah, yeah. for us it's it's yeah. we're yeah. lucky yeah i have the advantage to be able to sit at home and work with people like you and talk about their dogs so it's all good could be worse yeah <clears throat> well so i yeah i'm glad i found you i found you by google help german shepherd oh, cool. and I, I and you get the real sort of aggro thing going when you look stuff like that up but then i found yours and it it made sense so we have this really awesome dog she's now six months old we got her when she was five months old she was meant to stay with a family mm-hmm. uh, that bred her uh, she was a chosen one out of the litter but uh, anyway uh the family unfortunately the children came down with a rare genetic disease four of them at the same time so Jeez. she was pa- she was passed on to us uh with very little training and uh I, I call trainers around the area and it's all now i can look back and see it's all positive training sure. uh, treat training and I, I've, I spent like a, I've spent a couple of months on treat training and it, it is not working for me. It's, mm-hmm. I get it. And I feel like it would be like maybe a year before I had anything solid going. Sure. And because she's a, because she's a German shepherd, then she's, you know, she's bright and she's, she shouldn't be floundering with her obedience yep. or, and I don't I don't want that so anyway I found your site I think I've uh it's been amazing Thank and you. uh yeah you're you're something else so I I, I think I've had it I've watched about probably 18 videos I mean I oh, cool. I just have to do it at night for my nighttime stuff but I I, I have my prong collar cool which yeah so uh, one issue that she has that I the, the big thing I I'm phoning you about is because I want to train her with the e-collar because I know it's the everybody wants off leash obedience, but mm-hmm. I really need it um, because we uh, we're we're really far in the back country and we go hiking a lot and there are bears and cougars and I need I need her to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, when we went the other day, we I go places where 
you know, I choose places to go with her that are, I'm not going to find people or right. times of the day. I'm not, but sure enough, a logging company was going up the other day and she comes uh, off leash, but not if there's a, you know, a competing uh, interest. So sure. she ran to the guy, jumped on him and jumped inside his truck. Oh. He, was, <laughs> he was scared to death. She's sure. real, she's real sweet, but you know, I, I can't have that. I uh, went for a hike the other day. I felt like it, but I think cause people are out, right. And they're, yeah, they can't a lot go more. to the parks. Yeah. So they're out in weird places. Yep. And, and this, I, I was, I had her, so I have her on a leash now, but she, she sure needs exercise. She needs to be off leash for that. But, uh, the guy strapped on and you would never see it. Right. He strapped on a, a baby here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the front. I, I can never take the chance that she would. Sure jump so but i want her to be able to like like she does she gets probably 20 or thirty thousand vertical feet a month exercise so which but you can't do that you know can't do that on a leash right she needs she needs to run so yeah yeah that's why i i've signed up so uh second problem the second reason i need her to be off leash or i'd like her to be off leash is because uh, my daughter has a horse Mm -hmm. we we go to the barn 17 acres like, yeah, I'm locking stalls or whatever. Run around. Go yeah, play. Be a dog. Sure. Be a dog. Be a do- Yeah, be a dog. And so, um, unfortunately, she's uh, she's really reactive to horses. So it's such a pr- such a problem that I I texted the owners and they were like, oh yeah, she was attacked. See under her chin the scars by mm. the horses. So um, what I've done though, that's gay, has given me a lot of. Um, of optimism is because uh, I put the prong collar on her when she's with the horses and I've got it to where she can be like two feet away now. Yeah. And if she starts barking, I give her a yank and yeah. she, she stops. Okay. Good. And she's calmer. She's like, Oh, I guess we're okay. Just like you say, she's the structure and the confidence and so on. Yep. So, um, so I feel like that's coming along, but I just couldn't let her off leash because she's gonna die uh our horse has shoes on so what she does is she circles the horse and she doesn't realize right she's circling and circling biting it and she doesn't realize it one kick and anyway so Mm -hmm. i i'd like her to be for her sake to be a dog and especially the kind of dog she is she should be yeah like we thought about training her for sar you know my husband's uh, an alpinist, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. Um, he, search and rescue. And so we sort of thought we'd, we'd gear her up for that. Sure. If, uh, if that worked out. So off leash recall and so on. That's the biggest, um, that's the biggest thing, huh? That's my big thing. Plus also, I'm just not happy with what I'm doing with her to like, the, like it, it comes the sit, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ca- it's very not sharp. Lazy, yeah, sure. It's very late, and that that drives me nuts. Okay. Um, I mean, for it's been a long time. It should be like, hey, come, um, yeah. sit. And so I I realized that that is uh, that requires a lot more work on my part with her. So how to be effective? What to do first? Because uh, I know off leash is uh, is that that's the end goal. Um. At the same time, it seems like I could go somewhere controlled and start just working on using it. When I'm watching your videos on the e-collar, I'm, I haven't had time to watch all of those. I was on the prong collar mainly. And uh, I was a little, I'm a little bit confused about, it looks like you're using it instead of a leash, which would be for every command. But when she's off leash, I'm just needing, how does she know I want her to sit, come or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I can. That's wa- the part. Yeah, I can walk you through that. I just want to back up a little bit really quick. Um, so she's a six-month-old German Shepherd. Uh, she might be seven, actually. Seven. Okay. I think she's seven. What's, what's her name? Sasha. Sasha. Okay, cool. So Sasha, um, you got her. What age did you get her, Lori? Uh, she was five months. Okay, so you, you've only had her for a couple months. Just a couple, yeah. I think it. I okay. just two months, if. Okay, and she. Okay, she was living with the family, little to no training. Um, she was attacked by a horse, so she has a, mm, let's say, uh, stigma for horses. And uh, your daughter has horses, and you're there 
uh, helping her sometimes. And then um, because of where you live, she has the opportunity to be off leash and uh, happier and uh, run around and get her exercise in and explore. Okay. And now you're working on the the process to introduce the remote collar and all of that, right? Yeah. So at this point, I mean, I can, I can figure it out. Like if I get to where she's going to ride, like she rides on a 300 acre farm, we drive out there. And, and, but what I need to do is, is I take her out to a certain point mm-hmm. where I know she's not going to turn back where the horses and cows are. And then I let her off leash before the riders get there. And then I've got to get her back on the leash and have her not bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, one horse, one girl was on horse. Sasha went insane and the horse boxed. You know, I can't have yeah. that. Yeah, the because... same time I want her out there, I'm out there anyway. I'm not going to leave her in the truck while I go out right. on a two hour hike. So... Right. So, so really like, you know, there's, there's more dangers to having her off leash without control obviously uh you know she's she's making the horses unsettled she could potentially get kicked in the face and and hurt or or worse uh and so on and so forth so um okay so what is so right now you've already told me your like what you think the e-collar is do you have any um immediate questions before i get in the 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 process to start the remote collar sessions no, I I waited to call you till I had the call. I have the collar here. Okay, like wait. like I will say, for example, like the prong collar. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched your videos on how it fit and everything, but I didn't know how tight it was supposed to be. And then my husband, I thought, well, it must be tight enough to not slide down. Right. And he felt of it. And he was like, that's too tight. I'm like, but it's it's staying up. And then he put another link on, and now it stays up too. But she she just goes. Meh. Yeah, it's not a big, it's not a big thing. So I wasn't quite sure how exactly tight this should be. Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's a good question, and and it's really important when you're when you're dealing with with animals and equipment because that little bit of wiggle room will make the difference between understanding and not capturing a behavior or not, and so on and so forth. So I'm glad that you've you've brought that to the attention up just because. Um, many times, oftentimes, dog owners will get a prong collar, have the wrong size, and historically will have the wrong fit for sure. It'll be hanging down by their neck, uh, you know, by their chest, and the actual prong collar size will be way too big. And so I'm glad that you're consuming some of that content. And that's why I put it out is mainly for people to, if they're going to do it, do it right. Uh, and if they're going to do it, do it, uh, do it in a way that actually makes sense. So that's good. Um, so I would say if it's, if it's, I always tell people this, that like, yes, you want it tight enough where it's not falling down. Cause if it falls down, it really won't work. And then you'll be frustrated and nothing really will get done. Um, but you don't want it so tight where you can't move it kind of around the neck like this, you know? So if you take it and you kind of slink, you can slink it back and forth that's good. But if it's too tight to slink back and forth on the neck in position, then it's probably a little too tight. So you want to make sure you have a little bit of wiggle room so you can move it side to side like this. I guess I, I guess could I ask how far should I be able to slink? Because I can slink it on the tight setting. Yeah. But she really responds to that when it's at that yeah. setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's good yeah. then. Yeah, that's good. Um, just having, and that's 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 what it comes down to. And, and some people will argue that the tightness of the collar makes it more effective. When I personally think, from experience, the posi- if the positioning of the collar is correct, then you're going to see a world of difference. I mean, it's it's literally black and white. Um, having the collar on the right spot and not. So I think you're good. Sounds like you're good. So which one? That's tighter one or the looser one? I they think- both stay up. But she's got a lot of fur. She's yeah. kind of got a longer ruff. Yeah, I think if so it's I, could... I think if it's staying in place, I would I would position the collar and size the collar to your liking of how it fits, or I'm sorry, how it works, how it operates. What her response to the collar is the only thing that really matters. Dogs are are extraordinarily um, unfazed by the majority of things. I mean, um, hold on one second. Can you pull that up, Shade? Thanks. Um, dogs are extraordinarily unfazed of of pressure and like what we would say. We'd say, "Oh, that's uncomfortable." Well, it would be uncomfortable for you because you're a human and you have skin. And you don't have two layers of fur and you're not an animal. <laughs> 
So I think that yeah. as long as you're getting the right response out of the dog and the dog isn't um, choking or hacking or any of those things, you're good. I mean, dogs, like I said, animals are, they're not politically correct and say, oh, I'm going to have it so tight to make you happy. If, if, if it's too tight, they'll let you know. You'll know. Um, okay. It's, it's pretty and, easy. Yeah. And I just, I, I just really see it. Talking about this, I realized, okay, before the e-collar, just a few prong questions because the prong collars work so well. Now we put on the loose setting yesterday yeah. and took her up to the barn and there's a stray dog that's been living on the side of the hill and he's come down now. And so far one dog's limping around the place. So, <laughs> you know, as he's establishing his, um, so we had Sasha on a collar and the dog comes into the arena and she was, really reactive and I pulled on the collar, but it, it didn't do a lot cause it was on the looser setting or it could be because she was so up, so upset. Mm -hmm. And then my husband was saying like, that's not fair to pull on the collar now because it's legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a, yeah. That's, that's a great, great, uh, topic of discussion. And, and there's really, in my opinion, there's no, uh, wrong or right uh, answer there. I think it's really discretionary. Uh, I, I would agree um, with your husband to an extent of you're sitting in your arena and a random dog strolls in and your dog reacts, I would be empathetic towards that behavior and say that's pretty warranted. But at the same time, um, you know, taking a step further with obedience to, I mean, for me, <clears throat> um, let me give you an example. If I'm out in a heel with my dogs and my dogs, um, you know, not many dogs like other dogs running up to them. But if I were to be out with my dogs and I saw a dog running around, I would be more likely to instinctually try to get to a safe spot than worry about how they're reacting. So I think it's, like I said, I think that the, the bottom line is, is it's discretionary on what you're doing. But for everyday dog ownership, um, I think it's warranted for the bark. But I think having a couple barks and then I'll leave it to shut it down is a good idea. Um, I would almost um, praise and reward the suspicion that your dog has um, because I think that it's, again, it's something to, to, to praise about that they saw that maybe before you did or at the same time or just to let you know. I wouldn't necessarily try to grind that suspicion away because I think it is warranted under those circumstances. But at the same time, just being able to have that off switch and that leave it um, during that time. But I, but I also want to go back to what you discussed uh, or what you said about, you know, yanking on the collar. You know, if you're pulling on the collar in a, in a very one-style fashion where it's just kind of like pressure up, it's not going to be as effective as if you were correcting multiple times with the prong. Um, just, you know, just because I, I heard you say that, so I want to make sure that you're you're also giving the right correction as well. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you're correcting with the collar, um, on the contrary of popular be popular belief of what people think about the prong collar, uh, if a dog pulls against it, that's that doesn't correct them. That that doesn't cause any real uh, aversive effects on the dog. I I can tell you, I've seen hundreds of dogs pull as hard as they can against the prong, and the prong itself is not what corrects the dog at all. It's the functionality of how you use the prong as a handler, which creates that impactful hey snap out of it pay attention to me type of correction mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um so anyway so just making sure that you know when you're correcting you're also because some people will do that they'll just if you ask a dog to sit or, or any type of behavior they'll just ha almost hang the dog um and that doesn't <clears throat> really do anything it, it just kind of like chokes the dog out and like i said i mean this is i mean the reality of of handling dogs professionally and working with all sorts of different competitive pet aggression police i mean dogs are just they, they don't feel anything <laughs> they really don't they're very so anyway so you can sit there and ha you know basically just choke a dog out and they don't they don't think anything of it as soon as you let them you put them back down four feet on the ground they're ready to go again that doesn't care they're not affected by that for the most part. So um, I want you to be more like more effective by being more efficient with your corrections and using the mechanics uh, to your advantage. Okay. Does that make sense? So when you ask it, when you ask a dog to sit or leave it or something. So say your dog is say your dog is barking habitually at another dog, and you yeah. you say leave it right, and you you tell your dog, hey Sasha, leave it. You would correct the dog with the prong collar with a snap of the basically of the of the leash and the collar, 
and you snap it, and then the, and then the that that should get the dog's attention. And so that's one correction. And then if they continue to go, you're going to continue to kind of snap that collar back and forth until you're you're basically snapping the dog out of out of that behavior, um, which will modify the behavior at that time. Where what a lot of people do is they'll just hold the dog with pressure. Oh. And if you hold a dog with pressure for 30 seconds, it's still only one correction. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, when, yeah, yeah. So when the prongs come up, when the prongs come up in unity at one time and create that snap and that, because all a prong is, is more control. It's a safer collar to use than a flat collar, slip collar, whatever, because it, yeah. gives, it gives you more unity together. So many people are like, oh, my, my flat collar. Um, I had a, the last session just, be, just before you, they had a head halty that, that caused all sorts of different indents in the dog's head and, and snout. And then a uh, flat collar will choke a dog out. Uh, a slip collar could choke a dog out if it's not used properly, so on and so forth. So anyway, so the prong collar is actually the safest out of all, all those. Um, and so the unity of when the prongs come up and connect with the dog and then release is the correction. So if you right. come up and hold wham and you hold and hold and hold and the prongs are right there and then you release after 30 seconds, that's just one correction. So what I like to do is up, down, up, down, <laughs> up, down. And those prongs will come up and go, hey, release, hey, release like that. And in conjunction with obviously your verbal leave it um, or whatever, whatever your yeah, yeah, yeah. is. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's what I did. So that's good. So I gave her four, and then I couldn't get her out of the because the the guy's loose. He's following us. Yeah. Oh, uh, where we go? So I finally got her um, towards the stall, but mm -hmm. I I gave her four because she kept going. Right. And then exactly. I, yep. But I when she first saw him, I let her bark for a little while because I yeah. want her. That's normal. That sure. you yeah be worried. Yeah. And then. Uh, after I, then I said, leave it. And she didn't. And so on, because yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw your videos and I felt like it was like, it's not helpful to be reactionary after a while. You know, it's like, you got to get a grip and pull yourself together. If mm -hmm. I'm here and I say it's okay, then it is. And that's right. Yeah. Here we go. So that sounds like the right sounds like maybe even though I can slide it around on the tighter setting, it had more impact on her. And, uh, she doesn't say, she doesn't do anything when she's wearing it. It seems fine. I also leave the collar on. I wanted to ask you that. See, it turns out I didn't have a lot of prong collar questions, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, uh, so when I'm taking her places, I like to keep it on. Yeah. I have it on a little, I have it on a little lanyard that I hook to a, her harness. Yeah. So I can just reach out and pull this. Sure, yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, when she she has a friend that she plays with. Mm -hmm. Now they're rolling around on the ground. Should I get this thing off of her when she's playing with another dog? Well, I think it's great question. I think if it's something that you are prepared for and you know that it's going to happen, then yeah, take it off. I mean, but if they're start if they start playing, you know, for thirty seconds to forty five seconds to a minute, and it's going to be done, I mean, it's not a big deal. But I mean, if it's play okay. if it's play time for the next half an hour, yeah, you can take it off. Um, especially if it's connected to something. Um, but like I said, dogs are animals in general. I mean, I've seen stuff, see, and that's the thing, <clears throat> you know, my, my point of view and my perspective with canines is, is much different, uh, much more realistic and raw than the majority of people who own dogs, just because I've seen so much. I mean, I've seen dogs just do some crazy stuff with each other. Um, I've seen dogs impale themselves with spikes and sticks and rods and not be phased. I've seen dogs get their legs cut off and walk around like nothing ever. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff, you know? So, um, yes, I mean, it, it, like I said, prepare for if they're going to be playing around and, and having a good time and you know it's playtime, then if you can take it off, great. But if you can't, it's, it's you know, it's, it's okay. The only... You know, with that being said, um, the only thing you have to be careful about with any type of corrective tool that um, has the opportunity to be restricted, like like a prong collar, slip collar, etc., is uh, the safety. You know, because if it gets caught on each other, then you then you go into the whole the dogs get into a fight, they can't get released, one chokes the other one out, uh, so on and so forth. So anyway, okay, yeah, so, great advice. I think I think those are all my scenarios for the prong collar. The prong collar has. Um, went to the, went to watch the girls ride, um, a couple of days ago. Yeah. She never barked. She never barked once. She sat the whole time. Good. She was tense for sure. She was like on edge 
and they were closer to us. And uh, I would just, I could feel our tensing up and I would just say, Hey, Sasha, leave it. It's okay. And uh, so the prong collar has been life changing. Yeah, completely changing. Yeah, and it, it and you know, and I wore it like you show, and I'm like, uh-huh. I felt totally good about. It. And I explained to people when I went to the barn, I'm like, okay, here's here's what's happening. I got to the dark side. I know you're gonna think this. <laughs> all these animal rights people, and 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 I get it, right? I thought the same thing sure. too. So sure. I showed them how, and sure. So that's all cool. Good. And so now I'd like to. I know I, I know I'm not ready to go off leash with her, but I'm. I feel like I'm ready to go to a controlled area. Like I have a really a fenced in area I could go. That's Oh, it's probably like, um, you know, five acres. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could go nice. in there and do some e-collar work that's safe that yeah. I could retrieve her or whatever, but she could be off leash. So yeah, I, I think, how would you set it up? Like you, I saw you uh, on one e-collar video and you said you can't do e-collar until they have all their, their basic obedience really down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, one thing to remember when we're using dog training tools, um, primarily they're they're being used as reinforcements. So uh, they're not necessarily there to teach the dog behaviors, although you certainly can, uh, for sure. Um, But primarily, like with the remote collar, it's there to reinforce the behaviors that are already existing. Um, The big application of the remote collar is simply being able to reinforce your pre-existing taught behaviors to the dog off-leash. So... Okay. You want to make sure that the dog knows the primary basics of sit, uh, re- you know, come, stay, leave it, all those things. Whatever you're reinforcing with the tool, the dog has to know pre-existing. Because, again, the tool isn't there necessarily to teach the behaviors. It's simply there just to reinforce it. Okay, so I guess that's, um, that leads to my, the, my question is how good should they be? How what? how how well yeah she, like like she can well, sit and, but yeah you know. and that and that's and again like that that's that's kind of like where i was saying there you know there is a gray area to help you know using that reinforcement and the in the tool to help reinforce it um because there's no other <clears throat> there's no other tool in the dog training industry that exists on earth that you can successfully use off leash in a situation where your dog snuffs their nose up at you and says yeah there's a bear there's a squirrel, there's a dog, there's, you know, a, a coyote in heat. I'm out of here. There's nothing that exists on the planet except for the remote co- dog training remote collar that allows you to say, oh, no, you don't, because you're going to die if you do. So for me, you can certainly help the dog learn these behaviors. So, like, I, I guess my point is, is I don't want you to think, well, my dog won't recall every single time from a distance. Well, that's what the remote collar will help you do. But if they don't know recall that well, like if, if you're saying, like what you were saying earlier about Sasha, about her not having maybe the best sit or as, as fast as a sit, that's something that the remote collar can help you get faster through pressure. But it's something that you wouldn't want to say, okay, I'm going to teach her recall. Let's get the remote collar out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So really the, the, the next stage is, say she knows recall most dogs know recall under some variable. They know that you want them. They don't really know what else to do. Now, one mistake that most dog owners make during this time is the specific recall in itself. What does it mean to the dog? And a lot of times, what dog owners get frustrated with, especially when their their main focus is recall, is it's not really finished properly. So a traditional style like uh, recall would be like a front command or a hear command where the dog is to run all the way, face you, and sit in front of you. That's like a traditional AKC, um, you know, just club style competitive. That, that's what it is, which makes sense. That's, that's what she does. Good. She comes straight to me and sits. Perfect. And then, it, and then she gets a treat. Perfect. And that's what you want. But most dog owners will just want the dog to come in their direction and kind of just tap into where they're at and then they, they, they run away again. And dog owners get frustrated because of that because they're like, look, they're not coming. But really all of your life has been really half-assed obedience until something happens and then you want it tighter, but they don't know that you want it tighter because you haven't practiced it. So anyway, so if that's your expectation, 
I would go out and highlight it just to make sure what, just to make sure you guys are on the same page. I mean, so w- what I would do is get yourself like a 30-footer long line, 30-foot long line. And you can make it out of a rope and a carabiner. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be fancy. And let the dog out. And as soon as you 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 use the remote collar in conjunction with the re- – this is just like a, a very easy starting point. Get the dog out. She's smelling something. Maybe she, if you have 30 feet of long line. And the thing for long lines for me is move around. Um, I did a session earlier yesterday, and the recall was very – stagnant it was uh basically a you know a tree post stuck stuck in the mud and it was like hey come so what i like to do is is be a little bit more realistic with the dog if i'm out with my dog especially in your situation where you have all this land and opportunities to let your dog be a dog i'm not gonna just stand there because you wouldn't normally do that so what i do is i let the dog out i drop the 30 footer the 30 footer is really there for you to just guide the dog if they run into a patch of confusion so you can just grab the leash and tug them towards you. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember this now, right? So dropping that long line and then simply letting the dog out maybe 10 feet, continuous button. So you say, Sasha, come. You'll hold the continuous. The dog will turn and acknowledge you. You'll re- So really what you're doing in the remote collar training is you want the dog to know that the stimulation that they're getting, which is very – non-aversive, non-corrective, doesn't, does not correct the dog, does not shock the dog, so on and so forth. I'm blue in the face with, with that, but you get the idea. And the dog looks at you, and you go, yes, and, and they go, huh, and you say, come, and then, and then you immediately start backing up, and you're using your body language and your voice to draw the dog to you. Because what you're asking the animal to do, in my opinion, is very advanced, because you're saying, hey, animal, you're going to have free range of the world, you know, after this is done. And I'm asking you to come here and disengage with all of the, all of the smells. I mean, everything, the, everything that goes with it and come to me. And when they do, I, 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 I reward that highly, especially in the preliminary stages. So if I say, Sasha, come, I'll hold continuous on a low level. They look at me. I say, yeah, good girl. And I start moving away and I become animated and I get the girl excited to, to come and, and work with me. And as soon as they get to me, they sit and I pay them and I say, break. And then I immediately release them back out into the wild. So that's kind of like the first step on doing that. Now, if they don't respond, which is probably like half of the other battle, if they're just sitting there. I had an, I had an email from a client that said, my dog's not responding on a six. How do you know your dog's not responding on a six? Because the six, because I think, again, a lot of people assume that when you turn the remote call around, you're going to see some sort of crazy reaction from your dog. And if you're doing the, the training right, that's absolutely not the truth by any means. You don't really want to see any reaction except compliance where the dog just listens. You don't want to see the dog tweak or yelp or flinch or any of those things. And so I think a lot of people say, hey, I'm using it on the six, like you said, and the dog's not reacting. Well, what are you looking for exactly? Are You, you know, we're, we're, we become so satisfied with instant gratification of reaction, and you got to teach the dog what that stimulation is by compliance. So the pressure turns on, they look at you, it shuts off. And you go, yeah, come, come, come. And they start coming to you, and they come to you. And then say they caught a they caught a whiff of something halfway, and they go the other way. Boom, the pressure comes back on, right? And then they come to you again. So pretty much right when you turn that collar on, see, and, and there's two different ways you can do this. Some people will turn the collar on directly until the dog gets to you. Some people will turn the collar on when the dog acknowledges you. And the difference is really discretionary on your training style and the dog that you're working with. Going back to what you said in the beginning of the training session where your dog sits very sloppy, slowly, not motivated at all, that could be created off lack of pressure until the dog does it. So they're, sit, they're being very lazy with their obedience because they were taught really lazy. They were taught that they can get away with that I'll take my time type thing. So going back to the remote collar, it's the same type of pressure. For me, if I'm working with a semi-young dog and they're just learning the stuff, if I hit the remote and I get a reaction from the dog and they look at you and you go, hey, buddy, come, and they start sprinting to you, I shut it off because I'm like, I got what I wanted. Now, again, like that's 
completely discretionary because some people will say, no, 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 no. You got to turn it on and leave it on until they get to you. And that, that, I, I, that personally for me, I think is a personal application on that, de- you know, dependency of the dog. Like it really just depends on the situation. If I get a really responsive, like a Labrador retriever is a really good example of that. They are very responsive and they, 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 their learning curve is really nice. They learn really fast. They're, they're open books. They're really easy to teach stuff. So if I tap that remote and the dog turns to me and starts running to me, that's all I need. Some dogs will be extremely opportunistic and say, well, the pressure's off, so I'll wander over here, and then you turn it back on. And if that becomes a constant thing where they're taking advantage of the lack of pressure, then you turn it on all the way until the dog gets to you, and that's it. Same thing to tighten up your sit. You say, Sasha, sit, and you hold that continuous until her butt is on the ground. And then what will happen is, is from pressure, the dog will learn the faster they do things, the faster that shuts off. And that's how you can shape those behaviors. So it's yeah, just- I, and maybe her sit's not that bad. I'm more just thinking, like, if I say sit, I'd like her to, to get to it. Yeah, and you can even do that with the prong, like she, she, yeah, that's what I thought I could start. Um, you know, when I, uh, when I'm out on the mountain or out in the pasture, and I say come, yeah. she turns around and runs good to me, sits right in front of me. So that's all probably that's in better place than I'm thinking, I guess. And that could be yep. the training with that positive reward. It was like you could never use the word "come." You could never ever use that. That's an emergency, and you have to have fish skins. And and mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't have fish skins today. I need just need my dog to come. That's where I started kind of doubting all of this um, yeah. this stuff. But yeah, but she yeah. has super suit like uh, like she runs back to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But if there's a coyote or then she's not going i I mean i would never she shouldn't nope she shouldn't it wouldn't be weird for her to come back yeah i agree i agree and that's um, that's, yeah and that's where you just want to meet it halfway that's all that's that's what that's what like i would be considered as a balanced trainer i'm i'm with you praise the dog to 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 hell and back to get them to do things and be motivated and tell them how much you love them and so on and so forth but when it comes down to them saying nah i don't want to well when they decide to just like with kids where they, they, they want to run across the parking lot to get to Six Flags because it's fun and they're not holding your hand, you're not yelling at them and teaching them and, and punishing them because you're jealous that they're there before you. You're doing that because they could get killed between there and there. And so for yeah. me, that that's the same thing with dogs is I love my clients' dogs, I love my dogs, and I would never want the lack of discipline or understanding that if they don't comply to what I ask – at the end of the day, when I'm, when, when I have to retrieve, you know, because I used to be an animal control officer as well, and I used to, and that's part of the reason why I use remote collars as much as I do, is because I saw the lack of commitment from people through balance, where the dog's like, "Nah, I'm not coming back," and they're running, and you're sitting there holding up your your fish skin like, ah, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." So anyway, so yeah, just finding that balance right in the middle creates like a perfect. Just like with parenting, hey buddy, good job on your test, but hey, you just kicked the principal in the face and you're grounded in no iPad for two weeks. You gotta have right. you gotta have that balance. So yeah, perfect. So yeah. so kind of what you're saying is to train with the e collar, you know, get a thirty foot long line so that you have mm-hmm. some control. That's what we've been using. Yeah. Um, when we were training her, and then we they were like she was so good, we we let her off. Mm-hmm. But I can't have her going after a. I had a dog and he went after a cougar scary right so yeah um, that's a fight that you wouldn't want to yeah so 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 what you're saying is she's wearing it sounds like i thought one one video i said start with a four but you're saying a six well it Uh, it, the the numbers the numbers are real like again and that's 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 the that's the hard part about uh you know animal training in general across the board is it's so situational and it's so case by case a four, so when you use um, when you use a a good remote collar, so the big problem in in e collar worlds is the amount of really really crappy and expensive cheap collars. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a difference between uh, a, a, a burger from McDonald's versus a bistro, um, and what you get is what you pay for. So there's yeah, dog show right. 1400 nice. I think it's called. Nice. Yeah. I I saw this on your video. Yeah. But it wasn't on your it wasn't on your equipment page, so I 
I sent an email into and they said, no, this one's a good one, but it may not have a strong and strong yeah. a signal as some of the other ones. So that's why I was wondering about it, if this has a lower, but it didn't look like it had a lower signal than the one you are on your equipment page. So a lot of the real big difference in the pet, the pet e-collars is just the distance that they go. That's all. So you'll get all these numbers and people get overwhelmed. What's the S mean? What's the four? You know, it's really just about the bigger the model you get, really the more range you have distance-wise. Half mile, quarter mile, mile, mile and a half, whatever. So I primarily suggest people to do uh, the, 280, the Dogtrid 280C, which is um, a compact model that goes a half a mile. And usually people only need a half a mile. Then it bumps up. If you have three-fourths of a mile and a mile, you can continue to go up. Um, but for, for the average dog owner who just needs to recall their dog in their front yard, living in downtown, wherever, the 280C is, is more than enough. So okay. your, your model Sorry. goes, yeah, your model goes uh, more than that. Um, but it's, it's the same applications for the most part. So, so, so the, sort of the, the input is the same as the other callers. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there, there are different, um, there are different uh, outputs, you know, medium to, to high and low to high. But for the most part, they're all relatively the same. But my point is, is when you get a nice caller from a company like Dogtro, who's been in the industry for a very long time, who has mastered the abilities, because there's a lot of options. And there's a lot of options that are great, too. I mean, there's, there's many companies that make good e-callers, too. Um, dog shows just makes things simple. And that's like when you're, when you're introducing something to a dog owner who is unfamiliar with remote collar training, you don't want to give them some of these other bells and whistles that confuse people because it becomes very overwhelming. And I, and I'm, I know that because I teach hundreds of dog owners on the remote collar a year. And I, I realized that. So dog chair is great about making things simple and basic, uh, for the standard, you know, pet, pet models that they have. So anyway, my point is, is your four is super similar to the six because you have 127 levels. So you're, so that's the difference between a, a really, like if you buy anything less than $100 for a remote collar, chances are it's not as good as, as, it, as it should be. It's not as, it's not, it may have a lot of levels, but it's not as reliable. It's not as consistent. And when your dog's out there and you're dealing with cougars, when you're dealing with lions, tigers, and bears, you have to make sure that it's consistent, it's working, uh, it's charged, the range is right, the battery's right, so on and so forth. And so the four is very similar to the six, and that's why I have the majority of my clients just put it on your wrist and test it out and go up in your numbers, and you'll see the resemblance of, okay, the four is similar to a six, the 10 is similar to the 13, the 13 is similar to the 16. It's And that's the big difference is the, ni the nicer, higher-end collars will have a huge range of variants so you can communicate dependent on the dog. So if you're using a four and you jump to a six, you're not going to see an extraordinary difference in the dog's behavior, but you're starting to climb gradually. So okay. I, I tell people on the safe end, just stay below 10 for the most part when you're, when you're introducing things. Okay. And the more the distractions and the more your environments change, the more your numbers are going to go up. Just like if you and I are talking and then you put us into a subway downtown somewhere in a city, I'm going to have to talk higher because our environment's changed. So now I got to go up. So that's kind of the deal. But, any, but anyway, um, to find your dog's levels, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, some some dog trainers will so so for me when I'm training like inside my facility for just a, a client I don't really have the amount of time that I would like for a boarding training it's a little different for even this online we have a little bit more flexibility um, but you can physically see a dog's reaction to the collar some things that you'll notice is their the main thing is their eyes so if you're using say you start on a four and you tap it a couple times and you don't say anything to the dog and that's the thing about using like a high quality remote the dog's not going to you're not going to mess anything up by using those low levels just to start tuning it down it's just just so you know your dog starts to feel that sensation and sometimes their eyes will flick they'll kind of blink a little bit they'll go what the what was i wonder what that was you know they don't it doesn't hurt them yeah doesn't scare them but they're kind of like hey what what you know what was that 
It's kind of like just getting got it. Like if they were standing there and somebody just tapped their butt, they would like they would react a little bit. So their eyes will blink a little bit. You may see their head twitch a little bit, not twitch in a way of like freak out, but they might do like this head turn of like, I wonder what that is, because they can't see anything changing. So you know, there's not there's not an- other animals touching them around. They're just trying to figure out what's touching them. And as soon as you get that sensation where the dog starts feeling it and you're comfortable with it, then you start adding in your voice. So then you start icing over or layering over, hey, buddy, you know what's touching you? Me. Well, how do I know it's you? Because you're talking to me every single... The only time this thing turns on is when you're talking to me. So I know it's you. And that's pretty much your goal as a handler with the remote collar is to let them know that that sensation is coming from you. And once they understand that, and you start off on a five, and they're responsive, 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 because they generally will recall regardless without the remote caller. But once they know that sensation's coming from you, and they decide to hightail it up a mountain after a live animal, then you go, and you go straight up to a 50, 60, your dog goes, whoa, you know, and then they come peeling ass back down to you and, and you're like, thank you. You almost just got killed and I didn't want to see that. So even at a 50, so you're, you're, you're communicating on a, on a 10 or below and they're, they're responsive, they're responsive, they're responsive. And you really only need to stay in that level for the majority of time. But the next question is, is what makes the, what makes the collar aversive to the dog? What's the corrective levels? I really don't talk about the corrective levels mainly because, I'm so busy teaching people that the remote collar is, is extremely beneficial and extraordinary in use of dog training that people aren't taking advantage of or seeing because of, you know, same thing like you said with the prong collar. They just think it's this awful, shocking thing, and people revert to it as, as a last resort. Where I tell people, like, hey, if, if you can start using the remote collar, you've made the Yankees. Like, that's that's the cream of the crop. That's the top of the tier. If you can train with a remote collar with your dog, you're high-performance best level of dog training so that's where that remote collar goes up but if you think about it if you're training less than a 10 and you go up to a 50 holy crap that's times four jump up to that level but the amazing thing is is your dog is going to be so responsive and turn around and spin tail and come running back to you because they know that that was you and you you still haven't used half of the collar you've only used 50 out of 130 and so that's like the beauty of it that you're primarily using the remote collar in a very communicative, soft, nice, lovely, clear way. But what if? Just like with seatbelts. You get into a car, you're a good driver, your significant other's a good driver who is ever driving, and you never think about, God forbid, anything happening, but you never know what changes in your environment with other people or your environment is evolving. And you're thinking to yourself, like, is it worth it? Is it worth not using a remote collar because I don't want to potentially uh, use an aversive tool on my dog or whatever. I mean, you've seen you've seen that type of mentality before with other trainers. No, it's not. It's not worth it at all. I'm going to wear a seatbelt every time regardless of how good I think things are because you just never know. And it's not worth your life and certainly not worth your dog's life if they decide to mm-hmm. chase a cougar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I just, you just sort of accept, I'm sure dogs are are very similar, but I, mm-hmm. I think this, um, the shepherd intellect and intensity is, is a well, little work. bit more, a yeah. little bit more work to get. Yeah. Uh, a submission sounds like the wrong word, but to obedience, it's like, yeah, yeah they hey, have a- I, have an, I have an idea here, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you know, every breed has their own um, advantages, you know, to, to what they do as a breed, which makes them cool. It's kind of like Pokemon. Like every single dog breed has a different attribute to them that is inherited to them that makes them good at that. And, you know, shepherds are protective and they're intelligent. So you mix those two together around livestock or anything for that matter. Um, they're going to shepherd. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to surround the perimeter. They're going to protect the livestock. They're going to be a shepherd and guide and navigate and protect and it's your job to say when and where that can happen for their safety because they will die trying to defend you from something that's not a threat, like a horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's just, it's, it, I, I can't thank you enough because um, I spent the last whatever seven weeks 
Yeah. It's been pretty, pretty fruitless. Yeah. She, and it's, she knows her basics, but I put the prong collar on and it's like, Oh, she can heal in like mm-hmm. seven minutes. Yeah. Oh, she can. Yeah. 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 She can yeah. Stop barking and like, three pulls total. I got, I think totally. I've only pulled the prong collar four times and she's totally, uh, uh, who are you? Totally. I'm asked, I'm thinking, so I feel really sad for her, uh, that, that, that I had to go through so long yeah. because I think it's much, I think it's much uh, more unkind to try the other way myself. So yeah, no, um, it's, it's true because it's, it's not, people think that going that route and never telling your dog no is, is humane. I personally think it's one of the most inhumane things you can do to an animal to say, this is the only way to learn. I'm never going to punish you. I'm never going to give you guidance through this, this outlet. I'm only going to tell you when you're good, whenever you mess up, I'm going to turn my back. And to me, that's the worst teacher that you could mm-hmm. ever imagine. And, and it, and to me, it's, it's, it's scary that, 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 is existing, but that's life. And I'm, and I'm just grateful, uh, for the, for the opportunity to be on a platform that I'm on to reach, yeah. reach new people and, uh, help, uh, help other dog owners. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. It, it, that's the thing is that fight will never end. That's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's like the political parties they're, they're never going to go, you know what, let's just agree with each other. That's never going <laughs> to happen. It's just yeah. real, really what matters is the people, the people that are out there that are, you know, air quotes, uh, voting on, on putting their 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 decision making on which side they're going to choose and who to work with and what makes sense to them and once you once you see what you were doing and then it kind of brings light to the other side you can never go back you're like holy crap and it is sad cuz people do waste their time people actually the hard thing for me is is people will actually get rid of or euthanize their dogs because they hit that plateau and yeah. and they could come to somebody like, not me, I'm not tooting my own horn, there's millions of other trainers that are like me, but you can go to a, a balanced dog trainer and correct a behavior like that and change the dog's life forever. But unfortunately, to the dog owner, they think that their trainer that has all these five-star reviews and all this stuff is is you know what's going to make it work, and they tell you that that's the only way. And um, the only unfortunate thing, in my opinion, to that is uh, dog owners getting misled and dogs dying because of it every day. It sucks. Yeah, I think that that's it. You know, I think for me, what happened is we were going to go to the barn one night to do the barn. And I said, let's just don't take her tonight. Mm-hmm. And that freaked me out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love this dog. Yeah. How could I get to a point where it's like, better not to have her at yeah. the barn yeah that's when i did my search i'm like help german sh-. and then you get these all this big arms and like aggro stuff and i'm like no 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 she's a pet no she's a you know i don't need a canine officer yeah um but it's pretty hard actually to find so i've heard anyway uh very um very ha- very very grateful still have tons of videos to watch but i felt like really i had some pretty specific questions that i wasn't I'm sure if I watched more videos, I'd get there. Sure. So I'd like to do more work with you online in the future because I sure. found this extremely helpful. I think um, I would say it sounds like what you're telling me is to put this on, yeah. to look, watch her eyes. You're looking at maybe in, in, below a 10 for sure. Yeah. And uh, read the instructions to say how tight this should go. Yeah. And uh, you're sen- so I'm only using this with the come command. Um. You can use it with everything. So that's that's the beauty of the remote collar is you can have it be one thing or many things. And for me, what I suggest to people is have it be your overall communicator. I mean, that is your new language to your dog. You're just teaching them a new language how to communicate. And the beauty of it is, is what's the difference between on-leash and off-leash? It's going to be physicality versus uh, technology. So you're on-leash and you're training and your dog feels pressure with your leash your physical pressure from you as a human. And then the other way of the other language, if you will, is just the pressure from the remote collar. So you can apply it to every single function that we've talked about thus far um, in application on low levels. So Sasha, sit, down, anything. Just This is what she knows. Sit, down, come, heal, place, whatever. You're just tapping that remote just to let them know, this is me, this is me, this is me. Once they know that that sensation is coming from you and they they realize to turn it off and to comply with it means it's going to shut off. It's a form of escape training. It's like the ground is lava type thing. Um, And so that's that's how you can apply that. So, uh, okay, so 
then I, I know I feel a little ignorant here saying, but she's 50 feet away mm -hmm. and I press, I press this. Mm -hmm. She thinks she needs to sit. No, no, no. Go to her plots or come. How does she know? I can't. You tell, you tell her. So the remote, the remote is just a reinforcement to what she knows. So it doesn't teach her all these new stuff. It just reinforces it. So if she's next to you on the, if she's next to you, right. And say she's off leash, but she's hanging out and you see a horse or you see a stray dog and you look at her, if the only thing that she can do is come, then you kind of are using this $200 plus remote collar that can do all these things for only one thing. And it doesn't, I mean, it's okay if that's all you really care about, but it can do so much more. So my point is, is you can look at her. She's not on the leash. You're on your five. You take your remote. She sees the horse. She postures up. And he goes, Sasha, sit. And you tap the remote. She feels it from you, although she's not on a, she's not on a leash. And she feels that pressure. So you can use okay. all of your obedience training in conjunction with the remote collar. So, I mean, in theory, uh, to answer your question, if she was 50 feet away from you and you told her to plots and hit the remote, yeah, she should do that. But that's a little bit more advanced. But that's kind of the point is your collar stretches out everywhere. It's your invisible leash for as long as... Okay, I, I, guess, I guess I've been seeing it as like out of voice range. No, so, no, 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 no. The remote uh, is. I mean, like when I, when I, if I were, to, you know, like if she's gone, she, she's not gonna hear me. Like she can run, like as you can imagine. Yeah. To the back pasture, she sees something back there. I don't think she can hear me. Right. No. No. It's 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 much 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 more than that. You can use it uh, so many different other ways. And um, so, like for an example, let her out. Uh, like when we get done with this, let her out on on uh on your on your leash or whatever and put her in front of you and if you have like a 10 footer 15 footer 30 footer it's best like if you have a long line in general let it drag let her out say sasha come and hold the continuous until she comes to you and then shut it off and when she gets to you hit the button hit the momentary which is your top button and you say sasha sit and you'll tap the remote and you can use that can you can use that sensation to ask her to sit so you're associating so let's put it this way. This is a great example of how I how I try to explain to people. Um, it's kind of like the telephone, okay? So say you're an alien uh, and you, you, you just got put on this planet and you don't know anything. And there's an iPhone in your pocket, okay? And all of a sudden, you hear this ringing and this vibrate in your pocket. And you're like, what the heck is this? And you take it out of your pocket after you figure out where it's coming from. And you hit, you know, open or answer or whatever. And it shuts off. And then it happens again, and then you answer it, and then you go, oh, when this thing goes off, it's trying to get my attention. And the only way to shut this off is by doing something. That something is your obedience. Sasha, sit. It shuts off when you do it. Sasha, plots. It shuts off when you get into the behavior. So again, it's just a reinforcement of your, it's an extension of your of your commands so you can use it universally through all of your obedience there's some people but that that's my and here's the thing here's where you can get confused you can go online and see somebody else do it completely different and get confused <laughs> you know it's it's just like cooking you like never do this and then there's other people that swear by doing that that's just my approach i don't make the collar uniformly corrective based i make it communicative based i want it to be very communicative i want to be able that that sensation from me i train a lot of deaf dogs like this when i tap that they they come to me i don't even have to say anything i don't have to i just tap that and they know they have to check in with me i've also done the remote collar training uh in conjunction with like replacing a clicker which which i haven't seen really anybody else do i thought it was um I'm going to do more videos on it, but it's really cool. So basically, when, when you're using a clicker, you're marking a behavior to tell a dog like they've done something right. You're basically like green lighting them like, that's it, that's it, that's it. And they usually are then associated with payment. Click, pay, click, treat, click, treat, whatever. And it's, it's, a, it's a great way to mark behaviors, to let the dog know very clearly, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Good job. Ding, 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 ding. So what I do sometimes is I'll use the low-level stimulation as that. So a dog will be sitting next to me and say I just want to start to tap that remote to get them to look at me because that's kind of like what the clicker does. You tap that clicker and the dog is like all over you waiting for a treat. So what I do is I'll tap the remote if the dog looks away and I'll keep tapping. It doesn't hurt them at all, at all. I mean, I can't stress that enough. It just They just feel it. 
And then it's basically like tapping somebody on the shoulder. And then the dog turns and looks at me, and it shuts off, and I give them a treat. They look away. They go, huh, that was weird. <laughs> they look away. I tap, tap, tap. Say I tap five times. The dog finally looks at me on the sixth time, and I pay him, and it shuts off. They look away. Three times I tap, they look at me, it shuts off. Two times, and then every time I tap that remote, they're, what do you want from, what do you want from me? So I, so I kind of use it in association with my voice to let them know, I want you to do something. So I tap the remote, they go, what? Down. Boom. So there's so many different ways you can apply the remote collar. It's, I don't want you to get overwhelmed, but just start associating the remote collar on a low level with your basic obedience to let the dog know that this is their new communication. It's in conjunction okay. with your collar as well as your verbal commands. So you can use okay. it for everything, not just when they're out of, out of voice. Okay, so you're pressing continuous is this bottom button. Correct. When you're asking, sit. You're pressing this until you can they hold, sit. You can actually hold it. That's the point of the continuous button is it'll actually continually go to the remote until you release your finger. Okay, so I say sit. Turn, turn, it, turn it on. Turn on. Is it on? No. No, it is now. Okay, so it's not on the dog, right? No. Okay, just turn it on any level, any level other than zero. Okay. Okay, now hold, you're looking at it, right? Yeah. Hit the continuous and watch the green light light up. Ah. Now release. Shuts off. The momentary, you tap the top one, it only goes once. So that's the difference. So if you wanted to say, Sasha, come, instead of tapping momentary, tap, 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 till she gets to you, hold continuous till she gets to you. Same thing with sit. Instead of going, Sasha, sit, tap, 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 you go, Sasha, sit, continuous. And then you release when they, when they, when they comply. So the minute I say, Sasha, sit, I've got it on continuous. And then when she sits, it shuts off. I let it go. And she goes, oh, okay. So when this shuts off, I've I've done what you wanted me to do. Okay. When I press the top one, the Nick or Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. the green dot flashes. Yeah. Well, the green dot's going to flash just to let you know it's on anyway, but also oh, when, when okay. you tap it, it'll do that. And, and, and again, there's, there's so many variances that, that go into that. I'm just applying this to you. Like the continuous is a little bit more, um, a little bit more intense in the momentary sometimes cause it's, it's continually. Um, so there's a lot to it. I'm not just making it a, a binary a black or white thing. There's a lot that goes into it, but in your application, go out, turn it on low, put the long line on and just, I even just do directional changes. I'll tap and go the other way. Once the dog starts coming to me, I release. And then once the dog gets to me, I'll tap and go the other way. I do tap and turn until the dog comes to me. I'm just walking back and forth and I'm tapping the remote until the dog's going in the same direction I am. Just to let him start following me around with the remote. It's very, very beautiful. It's easy. Oh, that's so cool. Just to get their attention. Um, so if you're walking and you turn and go the other way, tap, tap, tap. They turn and go with you, it shuts off. You turn and go the other way, tap, 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 and then it shuts off. And then eventually they just, they're right with you. And the remote is your, let's go. That's it. So if you got pretty handy, this would be pretty much all you'd use. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I use. Like if I'm out with my dog, I can go Times Square um, with my dogs off leash with just that and be be more more confident and comfortable than anybody else with a leash. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So just use and, it. It's just practice. The only difference between um, where you're at and where you want to be is practice, and and that's it. Just keep. So what? So how do I sharpen her? Her, you know. Her her obedience. So, um, well, if I would recommend just doing it with the prong collar. Um, but basically, like when you ask a dog, okay. when you ask a dog to sit, what you'll do is is because again, like the dog is only going to respond to how much pressure you give them because you. You are the the gatekeeper of good and bad, yes and no, great and not great. So when you say sit, I, I I basically when the T comes out of my mouth, I'm correcting the dog if they're not into a sit. So same thing when you tell a dog to out. It's a really this is a great example. And then I, I have to jump on my other call, but yes, no, it's fine. So when you're asking a dog to out, like if you're holding a tug or a ball, and you say out, and basically by the time you say T and then drop it, you correct the dog with a leash. Okay, got it. So then that way they're really fast to let go, and they're really fast to sit, and they're really fast to down. But anyway, um, Lori, it's so nice to meet you and talk to you. And you too. So I'll sign up for – I'm going to get a little practice on my belt here. Yeah. And then I'll sign up for a 
Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty ongoing. So like I, I know I have higher ambitions to have off-leash obedience. So it's a bit of a process. Oh, it is. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You. So work on it for a little bit. Email me if you have any questions and if uh, you're ready for the next step, we can. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you haven't yet, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis, as well as my business at Upstate Canine Academy. Uh, And if you haven't yet, don't forget to leave a review in the podcast platform that you're listening to this on. I appreciate you guys very, very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.